0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Trending Ticker. I'm your host, Parker Friedman, and today was Fed Minutes Day, a very big day for the stock market typically, and it did not disappoint. We were up for most of the majority of the morning, then the Fed came out and made their typical comments, and uh, we kind of, we I wouldn't call it a crash, we fell. The Dow finished up 1.3%. NASDAQ down 1.28%, and the S&P 500 down 0.46%. So why don't we dive right into the Fed minutes? I typically like to keep my macroeconomic news for later on in the podcast, but I think since it caused such a reversal this morning, it's you know we might as well dive right into it. So let's start off first with why we were sort of up this morning, and that was because home-building confidence is at an all-time high, Um, Again, we've talked about this a few times. This is a lot to do with the fact that just interest rates are so freaking low that it's a lot cheaper to a take out a loan to buy a home, or excuse me, build a home and buy a home. Uh, You know, and the mortgage rates are cheap, so more people are buying homes. So it's just you know, at times like this when rates are so low, I would hope that confidence for building homes is high because I would hope that people would be buying more homes because they're able to get in at a lower mortgage rate and we also had retail sales fall slightly short they were up 0.6% in august compared to what the street was expecting of 1.1% um again at 1.1% is pretty high that's i wouldn't expect it to be that high so that, i think it's just more of a case of the street expecting way more than that ever really could be possible for it to go up 1% in a month like august where a lot of people are you know typically on vacation they probably weren't this year but still they're probably you know doing stuff around the house comparatively i just don't retail and retail's in a tough spot right now anyways cuz of online so i would love to see you know e-commerce numbers off it but brick and mortar retail sales Uh, are not truly my concern. And it doesn't really concern me that they missed the mark because I think that's a dying industry to begin with. And we've talked about that. So let's go into what the Fed said today. Yes, good old Jerome Powell was back on the stand today letting us know what he thinks is going to happen in the economy. They have said they are going to maintain low rates realistically till 2023 or 2025. So we're gonna be close to zero. I mean, that's assuming that Jerome Powell and company are in the Federal Reserve office again after November's election and that's assuming that if Trump wins they keep Jerome Powell and if Biden wins they you know if they would have to keep Jerome Powell too for this I mean monetary policy to really really be sure fire plaid um the majority of the other Fed chairs don't really move around a lot so it's safe to say it's a very good shot at this happening but you know you never know a new Fed chair could come in and make a whole new stir of things but that's very unlikely so realistically, we're going to be at this zero to 0.25% interest rates for the next four or five years, which eh, yay, I guess for certain things, go, go get a house. Well, I'm 21. Hopefully by the time I'm, you know, maybe trying to get a new, uh, my first time house mortgage rates will be this low still, and I'll be able to capture a good mortgage rate, but I mean, it doesn't incentivize saving It doesn't incentivize bond holding. It's just, it's really a mess to keep them this low. And I understand that right now they're really trying to focus on getting employment back to a stable level and that this may help that. But at the end of the day, you keep rates this low. It's just incentivizing people to make any investment truly other than in the stock market, because that's the only thing that's going to beat inflation. If your savings account isn't beating inflation, you're going to it's a whole rant. I don't want to really go into it, but keeping late rates low, yes, could stabilize the job market. But at, at the same time, it's not, you know, it's not really something we want super, super long term. We want to be able to incentivize people to save. We want to be able to incentivize people to invest. So, you know, we'll see what happens. It, they also want keep it. I want to keep it before inflation gets too high. They want to be able to keep it this low until their inflation goals met. They've said they are going to overshoot the two percent mark. Um, We've gone into this, you know, prices of certain commodities are hitting all-time highs now. You know, consumer price index raised not too long ago. We've gone into my feelings about the 2% overshoot of inflation. Um, They also said they're going to continue to buy assets. Well, of course they are. They're going to overshoot their 2% inflation mark. How are they going to do that? They're going to buy more assets. It's, you know, pretty plain and simple. Do I love the idea that they're going to buy all these assets? Absolutely not not in the slightest, I think this, them, especially with the assets they are buying, like corporate bonds, it's just, it's not what I want to see my Federal Reserve Board doing. It's not what I want to see the Fed doing, period. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that the Fed is the enemy of the people and the people don't realize it. You want to talk about what's creating a disparity in wealth in this country? It's not tax plans. It's not, you know, one candidate's I don't know, fiscal policy. No, it's the Fed pumping up the stock market to the point that Jeff Bezos's net worth has tripled over the course of the pandemic. That's not caused by low taxes. That's caused by his stock going up. He doesn't have enough liquid net worth to pay for anything. That's one of my biggest pet peeves is when people sit there and tell me that they Jeff Bezos should pay for world hunger. Yeah, okay, good luck having him figure out a way to properly liquidate all his assets in order to do that because his liquid net worth could not do it. And if you, if you ever did that deep dive and you realize, oh, my God, the Fed buying assets and increasing stock prices is part of the reason Jeff Bezos – or you're not even part of the reason. The main reason Jeff Bezos' net worth has tripled or whatever over the course of the pandemic, you'll realize they're the enemy of the people. The Federal Reserve was meant to do one thing. It does the complete opposite. It's supposed to help the small people. And you know in 1913, there was a bunch of blowback about creating the Federal Reserve. We're going to dive into a quick history lesson now. People didn't want the Federal Reserve. They thought it was going to help out, you know, big money people, big financiers. And the Fed was like, no, no, the government, no, we're going to, it's okay. We're going to help you out. And what are they doing right now? They're helping the rich get with richer and the poor stay poorer. The Federal Reserve is the enemy of the people and you just don't realize it. So I'm sorry to get a little political there, but I had to get that off my chest. So now that we've gotten that off, let's move on to the security specific news today. One that I'm really excited about, Amazon's launching, launching a podcasting network offering 70,000 podcasts in the U.S., U.K., Europe, and Japan. Now, Spotify was down today on this news, of course, as another competitor enters the reign of things. But this is really cool. I, you know, podcasts are kind of the future. This is where we're heading. I think eventually radio is going to die down. And instead of having a radio in your car, you're going to have these podcast channels And that's what it's going to turn into. Um, You know, news has kind of broken that it might Howard Stern might not sign back with SiriusXM. So maybe possibly he'll sign over to Amazon. Maybe that's the reason they're launching this. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No inside information, but that's my prediction. That's why they launched this is they they bagged Howard Stern and they want to get this rolling before he hops on board. So, you know, super cool for Amazon and another stream of income for the company. I mean, I don't think this company could get Any better, really? I mean, they're still the king of e commerce until, my personal opinion, until one of the big retail stores figures out a better way to do it. But they still got that going. They got Prime, which is a good streaming network, you know, still a solid stream of income. Because not only is it to get the Prime video, you also get the two free day shipping. So people are just paying for both, no matter what, whether they use the channel or not, they're paying for it. And, you know, it's just the future is delivery in a day or two and they've kind of already got the two day figured out let's see if they could ever get that one day figured out and if someone else beats them to that but right now there's podcasting networks just another little niche in their belt and they're doing great and obviously i think everyone's just kind of waiting maybe for the stock to split to maybe get in because it's very very expensive price wise i wouldn't call it expensive valuation wise but at the same time you know i don't know if that's realistic or not i don't hope for any stock to ever split because i think stock splits are kind of a waste But you know what? If people are waiting for that, more power to them. Overall, very bullish case for Amazon right now. And this just, you know, reiterates that bullish case. The next news is a trending ticker favorite. DraftKings today announces a deal with the New York football giants and the Big Ten also today announced that they were going to play football. And the stock, of course, went up about two dollars a share reacting to that news and it just keeps getting better i've been so bullish this company i'm so bullish this space and it seems like now every day we're getting new news about DraftKings. and i really think that michael jordan deal kind of cemented it for them and now they're going to just keep bringing in the deals and like i've said over and over again wait until states start legalizing sports gambling because they cannot afford what they pay for they're going to need more tax revenue marijuana and sports gambling are the two things that they're going to legalize in order to get that the only states that you might run into trouble with sports gambling with is states with really big lottery systems so like massachusetts has a very big lottery and you know that's that could run into problems because they're not going to want to take away from the lottery but at the same time you know most the majority of states don't have a lottery the size of massachusetts it seems like massachusetts has a very substantially bigger lottery than most places so you know it's just a matter of time for the majority of states who need money go and legalize sports gambling and DraftKings is just setting themselves up golden right now I mean making a deal with an NFL team makes it seem like maybe the NFL will follow suit with the MLB because I think I I could be wrong it's either DraftKings or FanDuel has a location in the Raiders stadium So it's just a matter of time before something happens. And you know what? DraftKings is the best in this space. And I told you they'd catch up to Penn. They're currently sitting at around 51. Penn's at 63, which is absurd. Eventually, they'll catch up if not surpass Penn. And that's my prediction. That's how bullish this company I am. Moving on, American or United Airlines, excuse me, can't furlough employees, or I shouldn't say employees, pilots due to a pilot union agreement. That came out today. Good. Good. Because they probably took some PPP money and they're probably planning on laying some people off, but now they can't. Good on the pilot union. I'm not a huge fan of unions, but good on the pilot union. That was, that's a good move. I'm glad that they were able to kind of reverse the course on arguably the worst piece of fiscal policy this country's ever seen with that, you know, retention clause in it. I'm, I'm really happy. I just, I just wanted to add that. That's not really a huge news we're expecting an airline stimulus package of course the airlines get bailed out before the american people do that's your that's your country's political system for you but they were expecting that probably by friday so the airlines will probably get a good tick up on friday if knowing any investors luck who has call options on friday that news won't drop until 4:30 friday night so your call options will expire worthless but they're expecting that friday and you know i just i can't Reiterate enough how dumb I think it is that, you know, things like the airlines are getting, you know, stimulus before the American people. We need the stimulus package and we're going to go bail out the airlines. Absolutely ridiculous. Moving on to our last big story of the day, I'm sure it was on everyone's radar, is the Snowflake IPO. Snowflake is a cloud computing data house uh, company. The IP, their initial public offering was at 120 The stock closed today at 253. dollars Um, this is kind of sometimes a sign of overzealous financial markets is when the IPO market gets super, super hot like this, um, investment banks are pretty good at their jobs. You know, they they can make sure that companies are priced right coming out. And when investors bid it up like this so much, I get the, the excitement around cloud computing and cloud computing storage units or like, you know, the cloud storage within which they do. But $250, $130 gain off the IPO is a little nuts. And it's always a sign of concern for me when we see the IPO market get this excited because typically it just means people are kind of spending their money willy nilly and they know IPOs go up. So they buy them and it just gets dangerous. You know, we'll see what, what comes in the next few days. I have a funny feeling it'll probably drop off. After hours right now, it's only down about $2, but they halted trading a few times today. I'm sure they'll halt trading a few times the next couple days. But again, IPO market's a little concerning that it's this overzealous to go up that much in a day. It's kind of scary. Uh, you never like to see that volatility because that just means everything's a altered, period. But good on Snowflake for getting their, the stock price that high. I, good on them, I guess. Good on their insiders and anyone who got in early enough so now they can sell at a massive gain. But, you know, at the end of the day, we'll see what happens these next few days. But just be wary that that stock probably could take a significant drop back down to, you know, IPO levels. But that's it for today. We're going to close off with a typical disclaimer. The thoughts in this podcast are of my opinion and should not be taken as investment advice. Do your own due diligence. Look into your own stocks and decide whether they're a buy or hold or sell for your portfolio yourself. Don't listen to me and go off my advice. Follow me on link or excuse me, LinkedIn. You can follow me on LinkedIn, but Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is Parker underscore Friedman three and Twitter is at the Notorious PF3. In the bio of both of those is the link tree for YouTube, where this weekend we will be going over me taking my SIE and passing it and how you can do the same even as a young student And in closing, please subscribe and give the podcast a rating. Give it one star if you don't like it, five stars if you do, whatever you can do. Just give me some criticism. Give me some praise, whatever you feel I need. But until tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe and stay investing.